Hello everyone, welcome, welcome back. This is the Curiosity Complex, my name is Nat and I am your host for today and every other day that you decide to listen to this podcast. Um, now the podcast has nearly hit 50 episodes which is really cool, really really good milestone, really happy with it. Um, so a quick thank you to everyone that's ever liked my posts or shared my posts um, or commented on my posts or been a guest or whatever. Every, everything that happens with this podcast I, I appreciate it greatly so thanks so much um along a similar vein thank you so much again to the nhs workers who are still keeping this country going i really do appreciate all of your efforts and to everyone else out there please please stay safe um right so i have to pre-warn you all i've tried editing this as best i can it might be a little bit choppy and i have to apologize for that and i do say the word next a lot um, but I have tried, like I said, I edited it quite heavily and I've tried to cut out where I say next every single um, end and every single start of every single person. Um, so you don't have to deal with that as much, hopefully. Um, but yeah, let's just get straight into it then. I hope you do enjoy this as much as I did. And first up, we have another podcast guest on. Um, he was actually my first two-part episode of the podcast which is really interesting and he had some fantastic things to say so definitely go and check those out um his name is simon hartley and he is here right now um if you could tell us one thing about yourself simon very quickly uh i used not to have gray hair at one point in time <laughs> amazing okay um that's like a whole new podcast episode right there um, <laughs> okay so if you could take um one person alive or dead doesn't matter who it is um to dinner and sit down and talk to them who would it be uh it would be somebody i think you've probably come across um uh, his name's victor frankel oh i was gonna choose him as well wow okay uh, sorry it's taken <laughs> yeah clearly. That or you come to dinner with us <laughs> yeah <laughs> that'd be fun actually yeah so what sort of things would you want to talk to him about um well as you know victor frankel was um he was a jew um, he lived in Austria just before the outbreak of World War II. Uh, he was a psychiatrist um, and a philosopher. And um, he had an extraordinary experience being taken into a concentration camp, into Auschwitz. And one of the things I, I, I would love to talk to him about is how he started to really learn that no matter what happens to you, you can choose how you think and how you feel. You know, what he described as the last of those human freedoms. Um, it's the same kind of question that I would ask to Nelson Mandela. I mean, these people who, to all intents and purposes, had their freedom taken away from them. And uh, in one of the things I, I find absolutely incredible from Viktor Frankl's uh, story is he said they, they strip you of everything. Your possessions, your clothes, you know, they dress you in rags in this sort of prison uniform that's essentially just rags. Um, they throw you into a ditch to to dig and you're in bare feet. Um, they hit you with rifle butts. They could take everything away from you, but they can't take away the last of your human freedoms to think and feel as you want. And that is something that I would just love to chat to them about um, because so many people, I think, you know, we, we have ultimate freedom in our lives, but so many people don't recognize it. Um, they don't actually embrace that. They don't make the most of it. Um, and, and he discovered that no matter where you are, you have this this innate freedom this uh this human freedom to think and feel as you want yeah that's that's amazing that's exactly why my dog is going to bark at me exactly when i want to talk um <laughs> it's exactly why 
um, I chose him actually the same reasons because he's he's been wasn't he in three different concentration camps or something and it's just yeah, yeah. ridiculous yeah. someone going through that and then there's some of the stories that he'll have and the the outlook on life that he has is just incredible um so yeah i'm i'm kind of disappointed you've taken that one off me um <laughs> but yeah I'm, I'm glad someone's mentioned it he's a really amazing person to, to talk to so i definitely i definitely agree with that um all right we're going to stop it there because i feel like the dog's going to go mad so thank you very much for that simon that was lovely um and on to the next <laughs> Okay, and next we have Hayden, who is um, not a member of the podcast guest um, club, but hopefully he will be soon. Um, and for this particular little segment, I'm extremely worried that I'm going to get some dog interference because both of them are sat on my bed staring intently at me, trying to get treats off me. Um, so anyway, um, Hayden, tell us one thing about yourself. Um, so I'm Hayden and I went to uni with Nat. I lived with Nat and we played on the same American football team as many of the other podcast members of Nat's previous episodes. Um, I've recently graduated with a master's degree in marine biology and since then I've just been working with Bangor University on some of their research projects and now with the ongoing coronavirus I'm just, just waiting until lockdowns over so i can continue research yeah sick okay nice very good um and the question is what no i keep saying what who would you like to sit down and have dinner with and ask some questions to i think i've been wrapping my head around this for quite a while but when you first asked me it was that absolutely no-brainer david attenborough and yeah. i think I don't think there's anybody else that I could I could do it with other than him. Yeah. So what sort of things would you talk to him about? Well, I, he was just he's always been just such a, a big inspiration for me. Like I remember growing up, like one of my earliest memories is when I would have been like three or four sitting on the couch watching his original Blue Planet in like 2001. And ever since then, I, I knew that, well, I initially growing up, I wanted to be a zookeeper and then, I started doing scuba diving when I was like nine, ten, and then it progressed into just a fascination for the oceans and for marine biology. So all of that just he's just like my biggest ever inspiration. And I just want to thank him initially and then chat to him about some of his crazy experiences because I know he's got so many. And then I just ask him if he how optimistic he is for the future of the environment, which I already know he's not too optimistic about. Yeah, uh, and just ask for some like simple advice with, you know, that everything's going on, and simple advice for progressing a career within um, marine biology and research, and just asking what he values. Yeah, that's really interesting. That's awesome. I think he's a, he's a uh, I think everyone everyone agrees he's basically a national treasure, um, and yeah, I think he's one of the best. I'm surprised he hasn't come up before this. Because uh, this is one of the one of the later ones I've recorded for this episode, so I'm surprised. Oh, she's so loud when she yawns; it's ridiculous. Um, I'm surprised that some people haven't said him because he is. I think he'd be an amazing person to talk to. Just his voice, like you could sit there and just listen to his voice for ages. No, stop yawning. 
Why are you tired? You shouldn't be tired. Yeah, I know. Okay. Um, right, we're going to have to cut this a little bit short. Thank you very much for coming on. Um, I appreciate it. And I'm sorry for the dogs, everyone. So next up, we have Harry, who is a previous podcast member, as most of the podcast people are, um, on this particular episode, at least. Um, he was a while back now, a couple of months ago, you came on, didn't you? Yeah. Talking about your time in Australia, which is fantastically interesting, and how you met a freshwater crocodile I did. in the middle of a river, which is really cool, um, whilst you were diving with no safety equipment. Um, so yeah, that was a really cool in, in episode. Uh, really cool episode. And uh, first things first, can you tell us one thing about yourself, like a fun fact? Oh, as a tester. Um, <laughs> God, I don't know. Uh, I can't think of anything about myself. You Literally, could do, where do you work? Oh, I work at Crocodiles of the World. See, that's pretty cool to me. That's a fun fact. There we go. Um, yeah, God, okay. I need to work on fun facts about myself. Yeah, what happens if you get this question again at some point? So exactly, exactly. You, ne- you never know. Very true. <laughs> um, okay, cool. And if you could take one person to dinner and have a chat to them, who would it be? It would be, well, there's a there's a big list, but I think I'd go for J.R.R. Tolkien, the writer okay, cool. of the... Lord of the Rings, Silmarillion, all that sort of stuff. The Tolkien yeah. area. Okay, cool. So what sort of things would you ask him? Oh, tons. I'm a massive... So I think I basically started getting into Lord of the Rings way later than everybody else because everybody got into it when the films came out, whereas yeah. I got into it when I was in sixth form. Yeah. So I would have been 17 at the time. But then from there, I just went mad with it and read all the books so i probably i don't know I'd, I'd there's a lot of stories in lord of the rings that aren't finished or in the in middle earth like the law um yeah, yeah but so i'd probably ask him the answers to some of them um i'd ask him what his answer would be to anybody who's watched lord of the rings will always say why did the eagles not help them from the start um, <laughs> and i'd ask him for his answer to that because there is tons of answers out there but it'd be nice to actually get his particular one yeah, yeah. I uh, just ask him where it all came from. Yeah, well, that's really interesting. Yeah, I mean, he like you say, the whole like the amount of characters and different types of person. Oh, he, yeah, he made like sort of thing. I think it's like four languages. Yeah, that is I'm trying nice. to find it. That's crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. It, yeah, like proper languages as well. Apparently, it's not actually as hard to make a language as I thought it was, but still. <laughs> It sounds pretty I, I impressive. Think that's like a lot, major of, a lot of rubbish. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't mean. I think if I had to go for an author, I'd probably go for Lee Child. I so he's Child. he's the author of the Jack Reacher books. Oh, nice. Um, which I really into. I love, I love all the Jack Reacher books. I think they're really good. Yeah, um, yeah. And a lot of people have, have read those books. And I think it'd be quite interesting to see his process for writing them and also how he like deals with the different plot lines and how many, yeah, there's yeah. a lot of, there's a lot of like twists and stuff in that, in his stories, uh, which are really interesting. I'd love to know where, firstly, a bit like you, where he gets the ideas from, but then also what he actually kind of, um, how he puts it all together and makes it into a book that, that flows well and has makes sense, etc. 
Yeah, I suppose you could do, say the same thing for like if you, I know, obviously Jack Reacher, you prefer, well, not prefer, but you've read them. Um, yeah, yeah. But the James Bond books, you could speak to Ian Fleming. Yeah, that'd be pretty that'd cool. Be, yeah. And see what he, I suppose you could see what he thinks about the whole background, like yeah. what it's turned I'd, into with the film. I'd love to talk about, um, talk to J.K. Rowling as well, but just yeah, how crazy exciting. it is to make that much money off of books and films, yeah. etc. That's just an absolutely mental career path to go down yeah. and she, she's one of the few that's actually got involvement in the films yeah yeah true, she true. actually because obviously i think most people now know that you can't perfectly adapt a film a book to a film it's there's got to be some changes so it'd be interesting yeah. to see what she insisted on staying in there yeah very she true. just let them do it yeah 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 now jrr tolkien's a really good a really good guess is he still alive no he died no, his, uh, I think his son Christopher died recently, actually. But Christopher was basically, basically Tolkien had like a fucked on notes. Oh, I'm, I'm allowed to swear on it. Yeah. He had, yeah. So, um, yeah, he had all them notes and pretty much, oh, yeah, he died. Christopher died 16th of January this year. Um, oh, okay. But, yeah, so all, all J.R. Tolkien's notes were like not really in a form of an actual book. Yeah. So he did have, I think The Hobbit was written, and I think The Lord of the Rings was written, but The Silmarillion is a collection of notes, and he also, Christopher Tolkien also put together Unfinished Tales, which is like sort of the wrapping up of everything in the world, and literally everything in in like in Middle-earth lore has got an answer for it. Oh, wow, like, that's amazing. Nothing, yeah, nothing has got a sort of loose end. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah. It's literally like it's as if it was real to him. That's, crazy. that's why I think it'd be crazy to ask him because he he must have to write that much about it, he must have lived in that in his head oh yeah yeah 100% that's a really interesting point to make yeah mm. okay great that was a fantastic point to, to finish little this little segment on um, so thank you for coming on Harry and next up we have Pete who was previously also on the um, podcast with a very unscripted episode with War study student Peter Peter Aiken, if you want to search that. Um, yeah, so Pete's going to tell us one thing about himself, and then we're going to get into it. Yeah, I'm Pete. I'm 22, and if you uh, have Tinder Passport, if you drop it on Partick, you should be able to find me. Jesus Christ, isn't it? You're actually going to do that. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> right, well, if that puts off puts you off the episode, fair enough. Um, so, yeah, so Pete, the question is, if you could sit down and have dinner with one person, maybe two, um, depending on who they are, then who would it be, firstly? Uh, I'll, I'll go with one person. Um, mine would be General well, Field Marshal Bernard Montgomery um, from the British Army from the Second World War for oh. numerous reasons. I, just because he is like really controversial because he's just a bit of a dick. There's no way to describe him. In what uh, way? So he, he, he's basically like, I'm right and you're wrong. And he's oh, one of those. He's like a great commander but it's there's there's a there's a joke of if you buy a martini called the the montgomery martini it's something like 15 parts gin to vermouth because that's the ratio he would go into battle with it had to be a 51 superiority jesus okay yeah so he was he was a very extra person who he 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 basically comes to the foreground in north africa in 42 because his pre uh, man who was supposed to have his job originally dies in a plane crash so he wasn't even meant to get the job. Um, gets the job and then 
just sort of improvises his way across North Africa. But he's yeah. very nitpicky with his work. Um, and is a massive egotist, I think is the best way to describe him. He's a prima donna, uh, up there with the rest of the great British prima donnas like Nelson. Um, which is a whole other story. That was fun. I thought you were a history student, that's for sure. I mean, I was, it just came out of a book that I was reading recently. Um, but I think it'd be, yeah, it'd be really interesting to talk to him purely because he is so controversial in historical circles because he comes in with British colonialism as well. And his view on colonialism influences the way he fights in the Second World War and influences some of the things he says post-Second World War, which tarnish his reputation because he says some unfavourable things about some allies and how to deal with British colonialism. Um, and he's just he's quite controversial in the same way that Churchill comes across as controversial. Of Is it because he said stuff that's right-wing in a modern context, or is it because... At the time, he was just so far out there for the period that people were like, this is this is strange, because it's the same situation Churchill has, where he was seen as a far-left radical liberal. But if you put his policies into place now, um, he'd actually probably be seen as like a, a liberal Democrat. OK, yeah. So it's 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 like a, a weird dynamic that comes across with Montgomery, which I think would be really interesting to see if he was actually as awful as some people claim he was or whether or not he's just misunderstood yeah okay that's nice cool good answer thank you very much um i guess oh he's not very political oh he's not political he's military isn't he yeah so from the military um as i mentioned i have a rather large list of people that i'd love to talk to um not sure i have anyone military actually the closest i've got to military is actually a guy called josh bridges i think no, no, that's not. Ruined it. Okay. Um, the person I want to talk to is Sir David Sterling. Oh, I'm a big fan. Big fan of Sterling's work. Yeah. So I think he'd be quite an interesting dude to talk to purely because of some of the crazy stuff that he did uh, to like make the SAS, basically. Um, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to swing that for my PhD. That's where I'm trying to take my PhD title to, to analyse the work of the SAS and other special forces units, just because yeah. it's, some of it's crazy. Like, um, what was it? I was, I was reading something the other day, and it's Paddy Main, who was in the SAS, had destroyed more aircraft than the RAF's highest scoring ace. <laughs> That's pretty cool. Um, because they used to just ride around in North Africa with jeeps and blow up airfields. Yeah, they, they were nuts. Yeah, they were crazy. Um, and he was kind of the, the catalyst for that. Yes. Um, and his nickname was the Phantom Major. So what what more do you really want out of life? Um, great. Thanks, Pete. That was lovely. And pretty much bang on five minutes. You're a legend. Um, on to the next one. Lovely. OK. And next on the list, we have another podcast guest on. Declan, the personal trainer. Are you still a personal trainer? Uh uh, no, not really. <laughs> oh, God, it's always happened. Okay, um, right, tell us something about yourself, firstly. Um, I'm someone who uh, I can't sit still. I'm someone who just, I, I have to be doing something. Like, every day has to have some kind of purpose. And yeah. um, and to some people, this may seem trivial, but, like, I like every day is always, like, a, an opportunity for me to do something, to get better, to learn, to grow. Um, and, yeah, that's just my type of personality. Like, I always want to be 
I'm always looking for something better and you know something more productive to be doing. So yeah, that's that's probably something that's quite kind of deep for me. Sort yeah. of thing. Yeah. I like that. Okay, nice. Um, all right. And if you were to take one person, anyone alive or dead, to yep. and sit down and have a chat, who would it be? Right. Well, this was a very, very tough question for me. Um, uh, it was between two people, right? It was between Donald Trump, right? Uh, yeah. Not, not, not for good reasons. Not right. for good reasons. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, I wanted to be quite positive with it. Um, so I'm not sure if you've heard of Tony Robbins. Uh, no. No. That. Okay. Well, uh, basically, Tony Robbins is like. Um, He's in, he's in his late 50s. He's like, uh, uh, I don't know how to describe him. He's a philanthropist. He's um, just a very motivational sort of um, speaker sort of person. Okay. Um, he holds these seminars, which are like weekends long, everything like that. And he, he invites like thousands of people. And he basically just, his whole goal is to just kind of give back and to inspire and to motivate. Um, he started off as kind of like a life coach sort of person. Um, got, you know, obviously very famous and things like that. Um, but I just I find his whole way of like thinking of way of life and things like that I find it very motivational, very just inspiring, and um, yeah, it's just just absolutely I, I just love to just sit down and to just pick his brain yeah. and to just be like, what do you do every day? You know, like yeah, yeah, yeah. things like that. Like, there's such a divide between some, you know, like some different you know um, types of people, and I, I just I think I'd love to just sit down and just you know no bullshit just sort of swearing uh, and just be like you know what 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 makes you sick and you know where did that come from and things yeah yeah that's nice i like that so he he's extremely rich it seems like um which is always because <laughs> you know why not um and he has self-help books called unlimited yeah. Power and awaken the giant within which both sound fantastic um, yeah, cool. he sounds a bit like a kind of David Goggins type character. I'm assuming. Absolutely. He's... Yeah, yeah, very, very similar. Yeah, um, he's also like done some work as like a negotiator and things like that. Like wow. he's helped people who have like, um, like been on the edge of a building and things like that. And um, and I know he's like quite big into charity and things like that. Yeah, like he's trying to feed like a million people. So he's yeah. got like a me- million meals and things like that. Um, so loads of projects like that and things. Um, I know he sends loads of people in America to like college or school, like for free yeah. and things like that. So, um, I, I I do really like, you know, like I, I respect that a lot and his self-help books and things like that. He was one of the first people I kind of read about in terms of like self-help books. Like my yeah. first one was like number one sort of thing. And you watch the videos. He's got a thing on Netflix called, um, uh, I'm not your guru, but he, he's done books. He's, yeah, like you said, uh, Awaken the Giant Within and things. Like, it's all about sort of empowerment, personal empowerment, and just like kind of like self growth and figuring out yourself, who you want to be, and, you know, things like that. And I, I just find that inspiring in my spare time to just listen to, you know, the things that he does. And I just, yeah, I, I really enjoy it. I think it's quite productive. And I just love to sit down and have a conversation and, yeah, I, I, it wouldn't be a short conversation. I'd probably be there all night, like talking, keep talking. Yeah. There's money here, um, but yeah, I, uh, yeah, definitely my choice over, you know, Mr. Trump. <laughs> yeah, no, I like that a lot. Um, I think someone else that I um, 
someone that I can maybe compare to, compares the wrong word really, he's not, not in the same field, um, but someone that has a, a mindset at least that I really like and think is quite admirable, inspirational, um, would be a guy called Rich Froning. Um, yes, CrossFit Yeah, CrossFit God, literally the God Anything of CrossFit. the fact that you met him a few weeks ago. I did meet him, yeah, and I'm not afraid to tell people that because it was a, like one <laughs> Did you know I met Retroni? Oh, by the way, my name's Nat, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I lead with. It's on my CV and everything. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the top, it's Lenny Lats Johnson, phone number, address, have met Rich Froning. Um, oh, uh, yeah. Hi. His, <laughs> his work ethic is nuts. And his whole his whole like ethos is like, you just got to work hard. Um, yeah. Very, very, very religious, but I, I don't really follow that side of it. But his his commitment to... Not only his religion, but CrossFit and how hard that he pushes himself every single day. It's just something that I love. I think that's amazing. And it's probably, I feel like it's the same as you with, with Tony Robbins and the kind of the deal with getting that, that right. Every day, like want to wake up and get like that little bit better or to do something more. Yeah. Um, I just think that's a very, it, it's, it's a very, um, it's kind of like, it's a double-edged sword. Like there is, you know, there's greatness to it because of the fact that you are self-exploring and things. Yeah. That it's not all positive. Like I, I have found this out myself actually, like constantly striving for this personal development. It is quite um it can come across double edges because you're then admitting to yourself that you aren't enough in a way. Like you you have to improve sort of thing. So it can be um perceived as negative in a way. Yeah. Um and I suppose it's 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 you know, you have to go through that journey then of realizing, you know, I suppose it's like having gratitude for what you have and for how much you've done, but then also have the eyes for, well, let's do a bit more and let's give that to others, you know, and let's use this, what I've learned and to, to give back. And I think that's what, that's what I see that Tony does a lot. And it's, it's quite refreshing to see. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. That's a great way to finish those, this little segment. Thank you very much for coming on Declan. Right there. Next up, we have Owen, who um, is again a previous podcast guest episode. Um, he um, talked about orienteering for the most part, um, which is really interesting. And um, it was a while ago now, but it's definitely one of the one of those episodes you should check out um, because it's exactly the reason why I started this podcast, like finding things that I knew nothing about and getting really interested and inspired by the people talking about um so okay owen tell us one thing about yourself um my name's owen and i'm a trainee pharmacist currently enjoying the challenges of working in the nhs lovely that's a good fact thank you for everything you do also um, okay. um right yeah so if you could um sit down have dinner with one person alive or dead who would it be? So I've chosen a man called Joss Naylor. Oh, um, awesome. Okay, awesome. Good. Right. Do you know who Joss is? I do know who Joss is. Yes. Ah, uh, okay. So yeah, he's a, well, I was going to say he's a sheep farmer from the Lake District, but he is also a fell running legend. Um, and I think the reason I'd kind of like to sit down with him is I imagine he's a very humble, but also very interesting man to share a beer and uh, probably like some kind of steak pie with, although I'm a vegetarian, <laughs> but some kind of uh, 
you know, hearty meal in his yeah. farmhouse. Yeah. And tell me about his crazy stories of running over wet and cold mountains after sheep or winning fell races. Yeah. That is, yeah, that's a really good choice. I've, I've got him on my extensive list of people that I want to meet. Absolutely, yeah. But, I mean, I, I keep watching videos on YouTube of people doing stuff in the lakes, and he's always there. Um it's that's what's really cool is he's pretty supportive of the like fell running community and even when people break his records and cut, do things like that he's always there to like shake his hand and there's like a whole breed of guys at his kind of age who are very much like that they're sort of there to support the sport not just uh like their own personal like gain yeah, yeah. Cool. sure sure so what sort of things do you think he could tell you looking at it from the perspective of like he could help you with your own running or is it more to hear the story i just kind of want to hear his stories i mean i grew up my dad used to tell me about him when i was younger and about this sort of the guy who used to did his first fell race wearing like hobnail boots and jeans that he'd cut off at the knee and i just guess that's quite like a romantic image of him but i'd yeah. quite like like just meet him and see what he actually's like and what he actually has to say about like the way fell running's going now and it's become much more popular and a mountain running is such a big industry now and i like, see what his kind of perspective on it is i'm not really too worried about getting much advice but i mean i'm sure he'd be able to impart some but i'll just be sure. to see what he thinks of the late district and how it's been gentrified a little bit and things like that oh that's a good point yeah i'd also actually be quite interested in knowing what it's like to keep sheep be a shepherd as such well that... yeah true yeah i, I mean... don't know anything about it so, yeah 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 i reckon he has some amazing like pictures in his head of like views that he's seen on an early morning with the sunrise and stuff like that, I bet I bet he's got some crazy, crazy pictures. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I think like uh, like the reason he was so fit was just from chasing sheep around the mountains and stuff <laughs> like that. So that's kind of yeah. like yeah. awesome, isn't it? They got, he worked so hard. Yeah, we'd still race incredibly hard. Whereas nowadays, all our athletes, are, you know, professional athletes, very few of them work and stuff like that. Uh, I mean, the fell runners still do, but like you know, the famous mountain runners like Killian and people like that are all full time athletes so it's like a very different world yeah it's, it's very cushy actually because if anyone if anyone's talked to me about running before you'll know that i have a small obsession with a woman called courtney dewalter um, yes i have a very small obsession because she's just the most badass person on the planet and she recently became a professional athlete and that blows my mind because she literally didn't do anything anyway she used to teach um kids at school and then just go running um, but now all she does is sit at home and eat nachos and drink beer and then go running. So it's kind of like her life has is not changed at all since becoming a professional athlete. But like you yeah. said, most professional athletes have that that is their life. That's all they do. There's no other. Yeah. There's nothing like that. They got recovery things to do and they got mobility sessions to do, et cetera, et cetera. But for him, it was like, yeah, I'm just going to run after the sheep and then I'm going to do the fell race sort of thing exactly and i think there are still a few athletes out there like there's a lady called jasmine paris who's very cool and she's like a full-time vet doing a phd and also being an incredible runner and people like that and i feel like that's a bit more realistic for a lot of us who are weekend warriors you know we go out running at the weekend and after work and we don't always have time to stretch or foam roll and stuff because yeah. we're just busy so it's nice to see other people doing that but doing it at a high level you know i mean you say a high level didn't jasmine paris win the spine she did, yeah, by a long way, <laughs> breaking the record as well. So, absolutely nuts. Um, someone else. I mean, I've mentioned Courtney DeMonte, God knows how many times, over the the course of my life. Um, but <laughs> over the past like three months, because I just found out about her. But then there's a guy who maybe some people don't know about called Gordy Ainsley. 
Um, oh, I've never heard that name. So he's he's American. He you know the Western States 100. Yeah. So that's a very famous race going um, through California, which is 100 miles point to point. Um, and he was like the founder of the race. So oh, okay. it used to be a horse back race. So you'd have to ride your horse across 100 miles and whoever got their first win, obviously. Um, but his horse was lame. So he decided to just run it instead. Um, and although he nearly died, he did it. And that's where it was kind of founded. The fact that you can actually run 100 miles and you can make it a race. And now it's one of the biggest races in America. Um, it is huge. Yeah. <laughs> So I, I want to talk to him as well, because he seems like from the interview, the one interview that I've seen with him, he seems pretty funny. And it takes some something weird in your head to think that although it's a horse race, I'm just going to run it and see what happens. Yeah, there's a certain personality to be that first person, isn't it? You know? Yeah. And in California as well, apparently it gets really hot in like the valleys and things like that. So um, he was yeah, saying, yeah. basically no water with him and he was just like close to death. But he did a good job. He did a good job. Madness. <laughs> okay great that was really thank you for bringing up joss i was um no no worries i would say that um lovely okay thank you for coming on okay then next up we have jared who was also part of the podcast go and check out his episode if you're interested in being a safari guide in south africa because that is currently or what he's trained to do is that what you're currently doing as well no not at the moment okay um but that's that's a whole other thing. Um, so for now, tell us one thing about yourself. Um, I'm currently working with venomous snakes in South Africa, trying to create a anti-venom from snake blood. Sick. Why does this always happen? Every time I ask someone to tell me one thing, they tell me something that's really interesting and I want to make a podcast episode out of it. Okay, cool. Um, and if you could take one person, anyone alive or dead, to dinner and talk to them, who would it be? Um, it would have to be Steve Irwin. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. So, what sort of things um, would you would you talk to him about? I don't know. I just want to hear all of his stories about when he's gone out and caught all these different crocodiles and snakes, and just sit there and listen to him for hours. Yeah. Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I think also his like outlook on life is really amazing. Um, yeah, like, he was always so positive, regardless of what was going on. You know. Yeah. Um, there was that amazing clip of him on the news, and he's like, he's holding a new, he's holding a snake on the news, and then like bites him on the neck, and he's like, okay, so it's bit me, and <laughs> it's just like, what? <laughs> he's nuts. He's crazy. Um, yeah. Yeah, I don't really have anyone on my list of people that I can really relate to because they've all been said we've already had or oh no, I won't, I won't ruin it in case I put your episode before those ones. But um, but yeah, there's there's already been a couple like that. So I won't I won't compare them because Steve Owen, you can't really compare anyone to Steve Owen. He was just fantastic. He was. That's a really good one. Yeah. OK, awesome. Thank you very much, Jared. Um, that was a really good pick. I'm surprised no one said him before, actually. The first person to say him, I'm surprised. Um, How many of you are? Pardon? How many people have you spoken to already? Um, currently, it's like nearly 10, I think. Okay. Uh, can't actually. Exactly. Nice. Um, but yeah, it's been, it's been good so far. 
and uh, hopefully everyone everyone listening is enjoying it. Um, but yeah, Steve Irwin, that's a really good really good shout. What's your like earliest memory of Steve Irwin? Oh shit! Um, it has to be when I was probably about four or five, just watching the Crocodile Hunter on um on the TV. Growing yeah. up, watching his TV show, everything. Yeah, same, same here. Yeah, that was awesome. What mm. guy? Okay, all right, cool. That was fantastic. Thank you very much, Jared. Next up, we have Alex. Alex, tell us something about yourself. Uh, oh shit! You put me on the spot here now. <laughs> <laughs> um. I've almost died three times. Okay. Um, we didn't talk about that in the podcast episode, which is annoying. No. Um, <laughs> but we're not here for that. We are here for um, the question of the day, question of the, the episode. Um, that. I don't, that's actually quite good. I'm going to call it a question of the episode. There you go. Um, okay, great. So, Alex, what... Oh, sorry, who would you most like to in the world spend a dinner date with dinner date do they have to be alive alive or dead doesn't matter live or dead um do you know what right now i think it'd be quite an interesting one to have a dinner with donald trump <laughs> i was hoping someone was going to say that that's really interesting okay um he's insane yeah, so is that is that why you'd go to dinner with him? Because he's just an absolute... Yeah, I think it'd be quite an intriguing thing just to see what he's actually like as an actual human being. Because you see him on, like, on the news when he does all his speeches, all his public appearances, and he comes off as this charismatic, sort of very strange human. I wonder if that's just an act he puts on or if that's actually what he's really like. Yeah, it's a tough one. I feel like he is genuinely just that stupid. Yeah, like... Who goes around saying, let's just inject disinfectant into our bodies? Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I think that was just kind of, yeah. Three yeah. people have already died because of that. <laughs> we, could spend, we could spend a long time talking about Donald Trump. I know. Don't let's not get started. <laughs> okay, so what sort of things? Would it literally just be to see what he's genuinely like as a person? Or would you have any I specific just, questions? I'd, you'd want to just get to know what he's actually like as a human being. Because once you understand how a guy like that kind of works you'd then be able to ask questions to see what sort of insane answers it would give. I think one of the big questions would be how willing, what would be like the, the smallest thing someone would have to do for him to launch a nuclear weapon? <laughs> yeah, like, that's a good question. <laughs> like, he's the sort of guy that if you insulted him online, he'd probably send like a missile to your house, no matter where you're from. Yeah, well, he did, he, didn't he do something similar with um, uh, in Iraq or something? Like, someone annoyed him, so he just bombed a whole complex and killed one of their oh. best victims. What was it he did? He did, um, he destroyed, he threatened to destroy, like, cultural monuments in Iraq. What, in that like, case? I, I'm sorry, like, you, that's just not, one that's, like, strategically useless, destroying cultural monuments. Like, that's like going and destroying, like, Big Ben for us. That's just like a psychopathic view on like anything. Yeah. Why, yeah. why why would you try and destroy cultural monuments? That just literally like goes against everything any country's ever stood for, except North Korea. Yeah. I I'm sorry. That man is I if he wasn't so wealthy, he would definitely be in jail or some insane asylum right now. He's a bit, I mean, it's crazy to think that he's actually the president of the United States. 
it's crazy to think he has access to all of the state's nuclear weapons. Yeah. Like, come on, man. <laughs> That's a good person to go to dinner with. That's a good friend. That's a good friend to have. Good friend to have, but I think it'd be very interesting to see what he's actually like as a human being. Yeah, if it's all just like a facade that he puts on for the public, or yeah. it's actually just what he's really like. Yeah. And the one thing I, I do applaud Trump for doing is um, he's actually very good at political speeches. Because most politicians, they, they use long, complicated words to just try and describe anything and everything they're talking about. Trump, on the other hand, dumbs down all of his speeches so that anyone can understand it, no matter how old you are, how young you are, what sort of like background you come from, if you're educated, uneducated. Most people would understand everything he's on about. Yeah, I mean, you probably wouldn't agree with it, but you'd understand it at least. You'd understand it. Yeah. And there was a whole Vice documentary about it the other week I watched on YouTube. Okay. Got... Sick. Um... Alright, that is um, that was a good answer. Thank you very much for that. I was wondering if someone was going to say him and I'm glad you did. Um, <laughs> I, who would you go for? Um, well, I've previously chosen um, uh, who did I previously choose? Yeah, Edmund Hillary and Tenzing Norgay who are in- extrinsically linked because they both climbed Everest at the same time together the first time ever. Um, so that's my first answer. They did, they did one of their trial runs up Snowden. Did they? Oh, sick. There's um, a, a PYG, which is where they like stayed, and they used the PYG trial. Oh, sick. That's well cool. Fun. Um, okay, let me just... I, I, I've got a, quite a big list because I'm aware that a lot of people are probably going to talk to me about it. Um, if it comes down to... Because you did a political person, I do a political person as well. Um, mm. And my political person was, well, one of them, at least, is Barack Obama. Oh, that's a good show. So along the same lines of a US president, I think he was just, he's like a, a, like a proper gentleman. I really respect that man. And you can argue what you can about what he did for, when he was president, but I think he did a pretty good job. Um, and I agree with you. I think he's a, I think he'd be a really interesting guy to, to talk to. He does a lot of reading as well, which appeals to me. I think he's very well educated, very he understands the world, I reckon. I reckon it'd be really cool to talk to. Do you think Michelle Obama would go run for a presidency? If he does, I bet she'd do really well. She's cool as well. She's yeah. like hands down the best first ladies out there. <laughs> yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, she was the best first lady ever. Yeah, she was banging. Um okay, cool. Well, that will conclude this one. I don't want to make it too long. Um and yeah, thanks Alex. See you in a bit. And that is actually going to end this episode um, in its entirety. Thank you so much for listening, guys. Um, If you made it this far, I really do appreciate it. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did when I was recording it, which admittedly was a long time ago. Um, And don't say I didn't warn you about every every time I said next, because I know I said it a lot. I am very aware of that. So I apologise. Sincerely. I think I've got one more... One more episode in me uh, for this type of stuff uh, in terms of the content I've already recorded. If it's not very long, if it's like 10 minutes or something, I, I might just send out anyway. Or I'll try and get more people on, uh, maybe more maybe more of my family members, see what they think. Um, but yeah, like I said, if you listen this far, I do appreciate it. Thank you very much. And I'll catch you on the next episode. Stay curious.